Since the beginning of the church, persecution has been part of the Christian experience. In fact, the Bible tells us that all who seek to live a godly life will be persecuted. Today, an estimated 360 million Christians are living under severe religious restriction. On this podcast, we share their stories. And we answer the question, how can American Christians live as Christ in an increasingly hostile culture? The way of the persecuted is the harder way. And this is the Harder Way Podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Scott. And I'm Maddie. And thank you for joining us once again for a new episode of the Harder Way Podcast. Welcome back. Yeah, same stuff, different same, day. Same stuff, different day. We're always here to talk to you all about the harder way, mm. about living a life of faith over fear, yep. about what you can do uh, to bless our persecuted brothers and sisters, how you can get Bibles to them. That's that's what we're here to talk about. And, you know, so you may hear some things repeated. I know there are things that we've talked about multiple times in these various episodes, but the things that we're saying multiple times are things that are important hey you know and i just want to say i just finished writing uh the august courier update and uh you know uh, just to jump in early in the message and say you need this stuff yeah. it's good it's encouraging tells you about the persecuted church tells you things that you really need to know it's 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 uh really helpful material for you and so uh email us nations for jc at gmail.com that's nations the number four the letter J, the letter C at no, gmail.com. Yeah, no spaces. Email us. Just tell us you want it. I'll send you a link to fill out a little a little uh, form, a little Google Doc, and uh, we'll get you signed up and get that thing mailed directly to your mailbox. So mm-hmm. what are we talking about today? Well, I want to just put something out there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I said that very in dramatically. Ether, I'm, I'm going to just throw something into the universe. No, I want to say something. And it's kind of a bold statement, con- kind of a, a weird statement maybe, but I think there's a lot to unpack unpack here. And that statement is this. Living the harder way is worship. Okay, tell me what you mean by that. So there's a passage in Romans 12.1 where it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper act of worship. So thinking about this idea of offering up ourselves as a living sacrifice and that being our act of worship and thinking about worship as a lifestyle, it kind of got me thinking about the fact that living a life that is the harder way, living that harder way life that is really what it looks like to offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice, which then means that when we're choosing to walk the harder way, that is worshiping God. That oh. the harder way is worship. Okay, let's get into it because that is that is good stuff. Um, first of all, you know, we tend to overcomplicate things, right? And, and I don't. <laughs> He's laughing because that's the exact opposite is true. Well, and in fact, and, and Maddie is very capable of thinking of things in their most complicated uh, way. But you know, if you if you listen to a couple of uh, of high level scholars or philosophers or whatever scientists talk about their areas of expertise for a while, they use a lot of you know um, 
uh, specific language, language is specific to their area of expertise, mm-hmm. and a lot of references to certain authors and things. And but you know, if you're if you're sharp, you can you can catch on and keep up. Um, but you know, when it comes to something like worship, we have a lot of folks who have tried, and I don't, and, and God bless them, they're trying. But to really explain worship, um, and 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 they've in, a, in the process made it really more complicated than it has to be, mm. right? In fact, yeah. I remember we were talking uh, a couple of years ago about um, the fact that a lot of times worship in the modern church has gone back to the way worship was 600 years ago. Yeah. Which was where it was really, it was very specialized. It's done by the professionals. It's more about watching and observing and seeing people singing in front of you, but Mm -hmm. you're not really participating. Right. Right? It's not meant to be a a corporate thing. So if you think that's all that worship is, is singing in church on Sunday... Mm-hmm. Or watching people sing in church on Sunday, right? You're like <laughs> you're missing out uh, because that's only a very tiny fraction of worship, and I, I, um, so the people say, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's a worship lifestyle," or "Yeah, it's everything is worship." Those are very complicated statements. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sound simple, but but if you don't walk away from that statement after you hear it, going, "Oh, I get it." That's clear to me now. I know, I know how to act to take action based on that mm-hmm. statement. Then it's not a simple statement. So I'm going to try right now to make this a very simple statement. Are you ready? I'm ready. You've, I'm excited you, for this. You've heard this before. <laughs> Everything is either worship or it is profane. Everything is either toward God or against God. So if you think of it in that simple way, what that does is that means that everything in your life can be worship. Yes. Right? So let's say like I this year I have decided that I'm gonna be I'm going to farm my backyard. My backyard is not very big, but I'm I call it farming because it makes me feel more manly than gardening. So <laughs> so I'm farming and I've got farming about farming because we're gonna eat the stuff that you got. Yes, and I, I guess. well we hope we've got some stuff we can eat now. I got started a little late, you know, and I'm trying some different uh, different farming or gardening techniques in my backyard to see what works up here in the northwest. But um um but when I do that, right, it's the attitude with which I do that. That can either be a profane activity that leads me away from God. It can be blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Or it can be a worship activity that leads me towards the Lord. Yeah. So it's about my heart. Am I trying to grow these things to glorify myself? Am I trying to grow, grow, uh, grow these things to appease my fear? Mm. Or am I trying to oppose to grow these things because my Lord said, "Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth," and He's a creator, and I want to be like my Lord and create. And He He grows food and, and He makes the food, and I want to be a part of that. And I want to be with Dad and His work on that aspect. You know, why am I doing it? So yeah. for me, it's very worshipful. My, I go out and water it. You know, I could put in sprinklers and stuff, but I would I'd rather go out and water the garden with my hand and and. Uh, uh, hang out there and look at the plants and know what bugs are around or these bugs that I want around, you know, all that kind yeah. of But I, I can do that. And and it, you can apply this to anything. And if your mind's going someplace weird, yes, anything can be, have is either worship or profane, but there's no middle ground. And I think that's important because 
this actually, and remember I said at the beginning of this episode, there are things that we say in almost every episode. If we're doing that, maybe it, maybe it's because they're important. Uh, if they keep coming up. You mentioned this, this middle ground thing. Mm. And there's no middle ground. Here's the thing. The reason why there's no middle ground is because God owns everything. Right. And we're just stewards. Ah. So what what do I mean by this? Because I feel like just saying that and leaving it there, people might be a little confused. But when it comes to this idea of the middle ground, right? We think of something in the middle ground as we would say morally or spiritually neutral, right? So something like going for a walk or eating a salad or, you know, just something kind of benign, painting a wall, something like that. And we say, like, it's, it's a morally neutral thing. It's a spiritually neutral thing. But that only works if you say that the only, quote unquote, spiritual things are church things or praying or spiritual disciplines. And that that's the part where God is involved in your life. Right. And that the other things um, are just your own. And you can choose to do them for good things. Or you can choose to do bad things, but that that's just your own thing. So that's a two-kingdom view. It's the two-kingdom view. But if you have a one-kingdom mindset, if you have a one-kingdom view, if you have a steward mindset and you believe that God owns everything and you are just a steward, then every single thing that you do is either going to be taking care of the master's stuff the way that the master wants it to be taken care of. Worship. Worship. Or not taking care of the master's stuff or not taking care of it in the way that he wants it taken care of. And that's where we get blasphemy, profanity, right? Because in Colossians, Paul tells us, and whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Which means that it's not just the spiritual things, the church things, the Christian things that are to the glory of God or that are worship, but that anything and everything we do can be worship if we are viewing ourselves as stewards and we're offering ourselves up as living sacrifices. Now, the living sacrifice thing is interesting because there are two ways and two kind of passages in scripture that I think show us or explain to us what this means. So it's Romans 12.1 that talks about offering your bodies as a living sacrifice. Right. And after that, there's actually a little bit of explanation on what that looks like when lived out. And I want to go back to that. Um, And maybe you can kind of expound upon that. You know, you've spoken a lot about that passage over the years. But there's actually uh, a verse in Galatians 2. It's Galatians 2.20 that I think actually describes what it means to be a living sacrifice. Okay, let's hear it. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. Hmm. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hmm. So living your life as a living sacrifice is living as Christ in this world. Right. Let me... me Build on this idea for a second, because I, you know, you're absolutely right. When you have some good stuff to say on what it means to live like right. Christ, because that can be confusing. I think you but explain it really well. I think I think that uh, one of the things that we would say, Maddie, is that is that um, there is a 
God's way mm-hmm. and there's man's way. Yeah. Now, I, I think the best example of this in the entire Bible is all the way back at Genesis 4. And you have Cain and Abel making their sacrifices to God. Yes. And we look at that, and I don't know about you, but I, I looked at that as a young Christian, and I thought, I don't get it. You know, uh, Cain offered, you know, the fruit of the ground to the Lord, and Abel offered uh, um, uh, his best lamb to the Lord, you know, and, and made a sacrifice. God comes to Cain and says, that's not what I wanted. That's mm-hmm. not right. And you know if you do the right thing, everything's going to be fine for you. Everything's going to be if good. If you do things God's way. The, right. But Cain's thought, no, I'm going to do what I think is good, mm. and you're going to bless me. You're going to do what's right. And if you don't, I'm going to lose it. I might kill somebody. Just saying. Right? And we know that... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Cain, Cain kills Abel. Abel. Right, yeah. Cain wanted to be good, but he wasn't able. I guess we probably didn't need the spoiler alert. I mean, I think we're probably good after, you know, a couple thousand years. We all know the story. We probably all, are all familiar. But, but, here, but, just here, in case. but this is that great picture of so many people, and, I, and, I, and we are not immune from this, so I'm not just pointing a finger there. I know those fingers mm-hmm. pointing back at me, right? There's three yeah. coming back we, at me. We try to use the pronoun we. Yeah. When, when we when we speak on this podcast about certain things, but sometimes it's just you know when we're talking we say you, but never think that we are uh, saying that we ourselves are immune from any of these things or that we uh, have it all figured out and always are living that perfect harder no, way no, life no. all the time. We're it's on a that, journey. We're on and, that journey, yeah. and we're da- we're down the road a little bit, but I mean it's. It's a constant learning. Mm-hmm. It's a constant, you know, uh, uh, uptake, intake. And the more you come closer to the Lord, and the more you grow in your in, in our in your faith, the more we become more like Jesus. The easier it becomes, and the and the more challenging it becomes, because the Lord asks mm-hmm. for greater and greater yep. things. But that real picture of Cain and Abel really paints that idea of you can do something that's good. Making a sacrifice to God in general is good, right? Right? Exactly. You'd say so, the fact that you're even giving a sacrifice to God. Right. You know. So but the, God, why aren't you so happy the with this? Heart attitude and then God's way of doing things mm. really make a difference. Cain was in rebellion against God because he was saying, Yeah, I'm gonna sacrifice to you the way I want to do it. He was doing what was right in his own eyes. So you have two sacrifices. One is worship, one is one is uh, blasphemous. One is worship, one is profane. And that's really the difference. And so when we look at life as the Christian life, we ask, well, how do we live that life of worship, which is the the life that uh, that is offering ourselves as a living sacrifice, that life that is really the life of uh, faith? Mm -hmm. The harder way, the Uh, life of faith. It's the harder way. And, and that's God's preferred way. God wants us to live the way of faith, the way that says, I trust you, Lord. I believe what you say, and I trust you that if I do what you say, it will be well with me. Just as he told Cain, if you just do what I say, it will be well with you. I mean, what a thing. Isn't that what we spend our whole lives pursuing? Like, we just want it to be well with us? Yeah. Problem is, we think we get to define what well is. No, oh, that's the truth. And God God defines it for us. And I have found out, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in my mid-50s now. And I'm telling you from experience, man, I'm telling you, Maddie, listen, what God's well for you 
entails is so much better than what your will for you could ever mm. entail. It might yours might feel good for a moment, but it does not last. And God's last. He sees the big picture. He knows. Yeah. So offering your body as a living sacrifice, it says that this is your acceptable act of worship. Mm. Right? Holy. This is your. This is this is a, a act of worship that, that this offering is holy and pleasing to God. And it says that after you do that, that's when you're going to be able to know God's will, His good, perfect, and pleasing will. Mm-hmm. It's not before then. Right. It's you've got to step up to the plate, and we have to step up to the plate and say, Lord. I come to you naked and poor, empty-handed. All I have is myself. I offer myself to you and do with me as you will. And that's when he's like, now we're ready to start something. Yeah, that's Romans 12 too. You know, which says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we're told, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's your true and proper worship, your holy and acceptable worship. Don't conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what's what's the renewing of our mind then? I think that first and foremost, the way that our minds are renewed is by engaging with the Lord through Scripture. Like that is in in my understanding, in my interpretation, one of the most critical ways, one of the easiest ways um, to see our minds renewed is to saturate ourselves in scripture, familiarize ourselves with God's word, because that's going to show us who he is, what his character is, what he wants from us. It's all right there. Right. And when we engage with that deeply, intentionally, regularly, that is going to shape our minds, shape our worldview, shape our spirits into alignment with his word. And when, when we're in alignment with his word, we're in alignment with him because the Bible is the word of God. The Bible is the book of Jesus. So absolutely. Let's go back, though, one step. Did the people to whom Paul was writing the book of Romans, mm. those those uh, those Christians in Rome, the, the Jewish and the Gentile believers in Rome, did they have a Bible? They had the Old Testament. They had the Old Testament, but they did not have uh, a, a canon of uh, New Testament scriptures. So when they... They had a picture of what sacrifices looked like. They knew that these sacrifices were, they were wave offerings and there were grain offerings and there were, you know, blood sacrifices, all those different kinds of offerings to the Lord. They had a concept of what that meant. And they had a concept of what it meant for, you know, for Jerusalem to be filled with the smell of the temple sacrifices. Mm -hmm. You know, I experienced that when I was in uh, Hong Kong many years ago that that constant smell of incense at the ancestral worship altars the whole place smelled like a fragrant offering to their ancestors that jasmine they were burning and things like that and so and so i it really impacted me that that's this idea of this what it was it's like when you're offering yourself as a living sacrifice but when they're doing that because they didn't have the benefit of a new testament canon of scripture Let's just pretend just for a minute that God's real. Okay. 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 I can just, try it out. It's a hypothetical. <laughs> um, uh, I say that sarcastically, but I really mean that a lot of folks, a lot of times, and myself included, we we live our lives as if God's not real. 
I got, we know in it, our minds, we feel it in our hearts, but it hasn't reached that volitional action piece sometimes. Yeah. Where, where our choices don't reflect the belief that God is real or the knowledge, I should say. Right, that God and the is way real. we build that, that part up is through making choices of faith. And yes. in those choices of faith, which is God's way, we offer ourselves as living sacrifices. So so when we're in a situation and we're trying to choose how do we do something, um, let's say that you know, you're know you like, I really feel that God wants me to go on a mission uh, journey. I don't like to say mission trip because that sounds like a vacation. A mission, <laughs> a mission journey. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've never done any of that tourist mission work. There is some of that and it works, but I never had really a heart for it. Um, so you're gonna you want to go on a mission journey. You don't have the money, and you don't have any way of getting the money, but you know God's calling you to do it. You're, you're pretty sure. So you have to go choose the way of faith. How are you gonna get there? I don't know what the Lord knows. I'm just gonna pray. I'm gonna let people know I'm going on a mission, and God can work on their heart. I'm not even gonna ask for money. That's a real that's a real way of faith. That's a real way of trusting God. You know, uh, when we moved up here, God's telling us to move. How are you going to get there? I don't know. How are you going to support yourself? I don't know. I don't. How are you going to? How are you going to live? I don't know. What kind of ministry are you going to do? I don't know. But the Lord knows. But the Lord knows. But the Lord knows. The but the Lord knows. Seven and, of faith. And, time and time every again. time we made that choice uh, to walk by faith, not foolishly, but by faith, we were offering ourselves as living sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And the Lord met us on the harder way. He yes. met us in the way of faith. And in, uns- in unexpected ways, he provided work. He provided money. He provided a home. He provided everything that we've needed. Not everything that we wanted, but everything that we needed and that in abundance. Absolutely. And I think we can actually see what you're saying reflected uh, further down in Romans 12. Because, like you were saying, uh, these believers didn't have the benefit of that uh, canon of New Testament scripture. Uh, We see, you know, they're told, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, be, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, And then after that, it really goes into what that looks like. And it looks like living the harder way. Because if we see further down in Romans 12, there's a section that in most Bibles, typically the heading that's used is something along the lines of the marks of a true Christian yeah, or true Christianity or living like Christ, something along those lines. And we see the believers in Rome being told uh, to live lives of honesty and integrity, of uh, radical love for christ radical love for others we see people being called to these incredible levels of uh unity and peace and we see all of it uh being rooted in the gospel right not just love for love's sake or love because of you know what the world thinks of as love but just this incredible life built around the truths of the gospel and a life of faith being lived out of that knowledge of being saved by grace through faith and going forth and living living that out and living as a reaction to that. Yeah, so that's Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 
21 read that in mm-hmm. fact that'd make a great you could just teach that to, if you were discipling somebody just Honestly. help them help them live this and after they're after they're born again help them live this and uh, you know they'd be pretty good That'd yeah, we, I mean, honestly, I think we could all benefit fact, from meditating on this scripture and, and, you know, really taking some self-examination. And I want to point out that each of the statements in here, these are like uh, statements like the Lord wanting the kind of sacrifice that Abel provided. They're the and Lord this saying, God's way. this is God's way. So, yeah. so let me say, this is God's way. Love should be genuine. This is God's way. Abhor what is... Uh, uh, evil hold fast to what is good this is God's way love one another with brotherly affection outdo one another in showing honor this is love's way do not be slothful in zeal be fervent in spirit serve the Lord this is God's way rejoice in hope be patient in tribulation be constant in prayer this is God's way contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality this is God's way Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. This is the way. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. This is God's way. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty or associate with the, uh, 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 but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. This is God's way. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And we keep going. Uh, it, this is God's way. And so then the opposite, or to do things in any other way, is your way. So you might say. Um, where it says here, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in sight of all. And you might say, okay, that's God's way, um, but this guy really did me dirty, mm-hmm. and I need to make sure he knows what he did. Then I'll forgive him. That's your way. That's like Cain's sacrifice of the wheat. It is not going to be well with you. You are not offering yourself as a living sacrifice. See, by choosing God's way, you're sacrificing your way. Yes. And giving that's, up your own rights. Yes. Giving up your own idea of, of what is right and yes. how things should be, your own sense of justice. And I think it's funny that you use that as an example because in your example... The guy did did end up forgiving the other guy, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, okay, he's forgiving him, so that's good, right? But no, because he wasn't doing that God's way; he was doing it the world's way. Because he didn't say, "I'm gonna," you know, I he didn't say, "I'm going to forgive this person." He said, "I'm going to repay him for what he did. Make sure he understands that I was mad at him, and here's all the things he did wrong. Then I'm gonna forgive him." We would say. You know, that's maybe, pretty good. You would say that's pretty good. I would say if we're looking at the easy way, the hard way, the harder way, we'd say maybe that's the hard way because he did still choose forgive to forgive him. him. But as Christians, we're not called to live the hard way. We're called to live the harder way. And yes. when all of those statements that you were saying and you were prefacing them with, this is God's way, mm. I just kept hearing, and this is the harder way. Yes. Because God's way is the harder way. And when we live God's way, everything we do can be worship. It is worship. And it is worship. Because you've chosen God's way. Which means that living a life on the harder way, living the harder way, is worship. 
which was that statement back at the beginning of the podcast. I thought you were full of baloney, but it turns <laughs> out, turns out it was true. Talk it out for a little while, and I think, I think we've presented a pretty good case here that living the harder way is worship. So when someone talks to you about a lifestyle of worship, you can know clearly. Okay, that means living the harder way. Mm-hmm. That means living the way of faith. Mm-hmm. That means doing things God's way all the way and not my way in any way. Mm. Got a final thought? My final thought to all of you listeners out there would be as you're going on in your life, remember that there is no middle ground. Mm. There's no neutral. Mm. There's no liminal space. It's all God's. It all belongs to him. And we're simply called to steward it. And when we do that, we're worshiping him. We're living the harder way. And we are going to see him move in mighty, mighty ways when we do that. So I would encourage you all to do that and see the way that God will move in your life and in the lives of those around you. Wow, that's great. And that's a good final word. And listen, we've been getting lots of positive feedback on the podcast Mm, from folks. Yeah. And so if you've been blessed by this or you find that this has been useful for you, share the podcast with a friend or somebody else so that they can get this information as well. And if you're getting our Courier update, share that with a friend as well. We'd love to be able to share with more people these truths and help people walk the harder way, the way of faith, and live a life of worship. Amen. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Harder Way podcast. If you were encouraged by this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review. To be the first to know when we publish new episodes, subscribe to the Harder Way podcast on your favorite platform. Until next time, remember the words of Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.